you got your artists, they hate them. And below that, the lowest of the low, the, the scum of, the, of their society were merchants. But what we could be doing is just freeing up our time and having like a better time. Like we could have everything done for us, but we don't do that because we gotta all work till we die. Like I don't get it. Like it's not the AI's fault that it does what it does or that it has these biases, right? Like it's always a human behind the scene. And I, we should be holding the people behind it accountable. Hello, and welcome back to Coming In Without Context. This is a podcast hosted by Hope Stolzheimer and Dylan Yang. I am today's guest host, Casey Zhang. And the general premise, if this is your first time watching, is that we're going to start up a conversation about a random topic. Um, Someone's going to leave the room and rejoin the conversation uh, later on down the line. And they're going to have to try to guess what we're talking about. So... Today, the person who leaves, or I guess he's already gone, is, is Dylan Yang. Um, so I'm joined here by Hope, and let, let's just get into it. So maybe just to kick things off here, Hope, how would you define technology? Oh, okay. I feel like technology is any working improvement on the materials you previously used to do things. I feel like today we view technology just in like the sort of like computers and TVs and all of that. But I feel like even just like a tractor today would be an improvement in technology compared to tractors used like a hundred years ago. So I would include that, but I don't know. I've not really thought about the definition of technology. Yeah, no, that, that's interesting. I think you brought up kind of, um, you know, the main example, right, of, of what we see as technology these days as computers. And I guess, like, in your view, like, what do you think would have been newfangled, like, high-tech, um, like, contraptions or, or inventions back in the 1700s or, like, 1800s? Okay, I really got to put my brain into <laughs> history for a second here. Um, in the 1700s, I feel like the newfangled thing, hmm. Really know. I guess like any sort of improvement in medicine is what's coming to mind because people are mm. just like always dying. So I feel like any <laughs> sort of like new innovation in medicine, I don't know specifically what those are, would probably be the like most cutting edge improvements in technology in those eras. No, no, I, I, I don't blame you. I kind of sprung that on you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I guess like what I kind of want to get at, you know, with the context of, like you said, technology changes over time in terms of the definition, in terms of what people think technology is. But I, I think the, fun, the fundamental question I kind of want to tackle today is, what is the cost of technological progress? Um, I think today, as we see technology, it's, it's things like, in, in terms of hardware and software, right? Things that relate to electronics, hardware, it's stuff like computers, iPhones, smartphones in general, I don't know, satellites, cameras, stuff like that. And then on the software side, you have stuff like artificial intelligence and machine learning, right, for example. And, you know, technology has always changed, you know, humanity is still around, who knows how long we'll survive <laughs> with the with the move of with the movement of technological progress. But like, what do you think, generally speaking, are, are the costs of technological progress, if, if there are any? Well, I guess, in the modern day, I would say the largest cost is environmental. 
like especially the industrial revolution and how it expanded was like based on fossil fuels and coal and we still use a lot of those to generate the electricity we use for like all of these modern products and just like for production in general of like almost anything <laughs> um and so I feel like that's the largest cost has been environmental even just like mowing down spaces for cities or cutting through ecosystems for different things. Secondarily, I feel like mental and physical health, as we've kind of changed from more agriculturally based societies to like what economies are today, there's a lot of more sedentary lifestyles. And so I feel like those are like the two largest costs of technological innovation. So I guess the kind of caveat there is that innovation includes all the medical advancements that I was talking about before. So perhaps the physical health has improved overall, especially as we've learned about like nutrition and like how to counter different diseases that we don't really have to worry about nowadays with vaccinations and things like that. So maybe less so, but I don't think people are necessarily healthy <laughs> today as like we have different problems than we did then with obesity rising and things like that from being so stationary and from the food you're eating being so far from what was produced. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, right? And something else I think you might have alluded to is, is the like the loneliness epidemic, right, that we yeah. start to experience with technology, where ironically, as people become more connected, uh, people feel more and more distance from other people. Um, and I guess in some ways, it's literally manifested itself in, you know, perhaps like lower birth rates or declining birth rates in places like South Korea, Japan, um, some Scandinavian countries as well. So I think that's interesting. What do you think is the cause of that? Do you think it's just technological progress, you know, acting as it should? Do you, do you think there's um, like bad faith actors that are taking advantage of technology? Like, do you see technology in itself or I guess technological progress as a tool or an actor? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I would probably say technological progress itself is a tool um, rather than an actor. But like you mentioned, like there's a lot of bad actors who are using it. Um, but I mean... I would still say it in and of itself is not a bad thing. Like just improving the technology you have is not a bad thing. I see. So in, with regards to that, then what would you say is the, I guess, like the platonic ideal of technological progress? Like if things go as, you know, they should in, in the best ways possible, right? In a way that's morally right, that's positive, that's net positive for, for humanity. Like what, what do you think is like the end outcome? Of the future like if we think about humanity four or five thousand years from now let's say we've conquered all the stars let's say we've solved all the all the major scientific questions left in the world what does what, that end outcome look like well what i'd want it to be is we all just have fun and we let <laughs> the robots do everything for us we don't have to do mundane tasks because there's some sort of ai that can handle it and we can just pursue arts and music and have parties and do drugs or whatever else like just literally have fun <laughs> because I feel like obviously I don't think that's the direction that we'd go in with technological advancement I feel like um something I saw recently online was like 
someone talking about like why are we using AI to try and mimic art and literature and go for these creative pursuits when we could use it for all these purposes that people don't really want to do. <laughs> like we've automated so many jobs that people don't want to do. And always there's like cries like, oh, um, that's taking jobs away. But it's they're not really jobs people really wanted. And but then we have all these like things that I feel like only people can really do to the best degree. And we're trying to get AI to mimic it. It's like, why this and not that? Um, and I feel like with we're always trying to increase productivity and efficiency, but what we could be doing is just freeing up our time and having like a better time. Like we can have <laughs> everything done for us, but we don't do that because we got to all work till we die. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> and I don't think that's what you were looking for as your answer, but that's what I hope technological advances do for us is that we don't die of diseases we can all live happy, healthy lives and just like actually enjoy life and the people around us. Because I feel like technology can be used to take a lot of burdens away. And it's that's not what it's being used for now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say, Hope, you're not you're not necessarily living up to your to your first name with the work <laughs> until we die. <laughs> um no, but I, I think that's interesting. I feel like uh there's a lot of different perspectives people can take on that. But I, back to your point about art, for example, right? AI used for art, generative AI, um, has a huge range of you know applications, right? It could be from stuff like you want to chill your homework, right? It can help you with that. You can you want to create music and create that, you know, writing stuff like that. Well, what are your thoughts on that, right? I, I know you know prior in, in another podcast you mentioned how. Uh, someone created a children's book fully using AI, right? Do you think that's something that is going to push forward um, creative innovation or do you think it's something that's kind of stymied it instead? I don't think it's going to push forward creative innovation um, personally. I think it could be used for those intents. Like I saw today actually that like the MoMA has an exhibit or not necessarily an exhibit, but a piece that was supposed to be like AI's conscience or something like that. And they just fed AI like every piece they've ever had in their collection. And it just like looked like a weird moving blob that changed and was supposed to symbolize something. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but for the most part, I think like AI trying to mimic like an artist or writer's job, ultimately, like, I don't see the purpose because I think even in the last episode we discussed like there's always a moral or a message to a story and I don't think AI necessarily picks up the right messages um, because they're exposed and there's biases in who like creates the AI and those sorts of things like who programmed it and what it's being fed that I just don't necessarily trust and it's harder to really um, see the transparency in what it's being fed or no because it's it could be like everything like you can't necessarily limit it um so I don't think it's going to push it forward but I do think it could be used for those sorts of purposes like if intentionally done rather than like I want to publish a book but I don't want to write it so I'm just going <laughs> to feed it into an AI generator and it's really interesting because I was a tutor for the multilingual writing center at my college 
And we had to do like these trainings <laughs> and they were trying to teach us how to spot if a student in a foreign language class was using like Google Translate or <laughs> AI generators. And so literally like the head of the center like pulled up like a new AI and she like fed it a prompt and said, write it in French and Spanish. And it just like 10 seconds, it wrote a whole paragraph first in French and then in Spanish, just like a creative prompt. Like you didn't even need to write the English. Um, and it was a little insane for all of us. And people could spot that there were like grammar mistakes and stuff, but it was really hard to tell if it was made by an AI or a student. And so it was like kind of concerning <laughs> for that sort of purpose that people don't really need to learn the language at all to still submit full paragraphs and things like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of rambled on for a bit there. So <laughs> you want to reel me in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll reel you into um, to, to an earlier point. I think you're making around how um, generative AI might not be positive, right, when it comes to creative expression. What, what would you say to the fact that people have made similar statements or opinions on things like photography in the past, right? Where when pictures, you know, cameras started becoming more commonplace, we're saying, well, this takes away all the creative expression of art, right? Because suddenly you don't need to get very good at sculpting or, or drawing to get a hyper-realistic or, you know, one-on-one, you know, uh, depiction of someone. You can just get a camera to do it. Um, but then I think what we've seen these days is more that photography in itself exists not only in terms of, uh, not only as a utility, right? Like you pull up in your smartphone, you take a picture or something, post it, be real Instagram, et cetera, but also as a, as, as a way to express yourself through photography. Um, what, what would you say to that? Like if that was um, like the, the counterpoint to the idea that AI isn't going to be something that, you know, helps creative thought. Yeah, I feel like that's a really interesting comparison um, because obviously like photography is so widely accessible to people yet, you're not going to see like your neighbor's photos up in a museum because um, I feel like it has to be very intentional what's being done with the photography to be viewed as like you have to be really intentional with what you're doing for it to be considered like art I guess like quote-unquote art and a lot of that has to do with like the message behind the image or like how you do it and the introduction of photography especially transformed the more traditional arts of like painting especially because now we see a lot less realist paintings we might see like a hyper realist painting in a museum but you're not going to see the same sorts of works as you did before like modern art is so completely different from the art that was produced before the introduction of the camera that it, it really changed how things were done and for AI, I am curious to see if that happens because I know like I saw that sort of counterpoint like being said like online where people were posting like paintings and stuff saying like no to AI art and they were like intentionally drawing like the AI and then putting like a cross through it or something like that and someone was like see AI is already changing art and then everyone was like boo like that's not what the point of this <laughs> is. So I am curious to see if it does have a way of changing art, but I don't think it'll be 
to the same way that the introduction of photography changed art. Because I feel like a lot of artists have been so angry at AI. And I don't know how angry artists were about photography, but I doubt it was in the same way as they are angry at AI art, because for the most part, AI art is stealing the work of other artists and like using their pieces to create its own, whereas photography was still original work. So I feel like that's the main difference. But I don't know, Dylan, do you have a viewpoint on anything I said? So this is going to get real philosophical real quick up in here. I'm going to... (laughs) My instinct as a philosopher is to play devil's advocate for the ai and the one of the things you said was about intent and it's hard to to discuss things like art and like works of literature when discussing intent because sometimes it's accidental like do you ever control every thought you have (laughs) like when you're struck (laughs) by inspiration is it is that intentional? I, and I, I I get what you're trying to to say, but I, I as as the number one bot defender for this podcast, I feel like you could argue the same way that in how artists intentionally create art or put effort into their art, AI also intends to create that art. And obviously, I think we conceive of it differently because the AI is not sentient but also is being controlled by people and so that brings me to think that it's not it's not that we're angry that your artistic style is being copied or that like it's replicating your um color scheme or whatever i'm not an art person really um (laughs) because like throughout history people have always sought to copy and replicate the masters right like that's why there are movements of art like if one person was doing just his their own style it wouldn't be a movement it, it's only a movement because the the artists after them inspired by them sought to like either improve innovate or like replicate their their style it, it, it's like the picasso quote right it's like good artists copy great artists steal something yeah. like that yeah so then yeah. in the same way i feel like ai it, it, we're not angry or at least I don't think we should be angry at AI for copying. I think the real, the reason we are hurt by it is, or artists are hurt by it, is because it does it so effortlessly, right? It does it in mere seconds without any consideration in the same way humans have to like put in effort by the material, spend hours of their day planning and drawing and practicing, et cetera, et cetera, right? This, this AI is doing it what it takes us hours and days and months to do, it does it in seconds. And I think the effort is what we're angry at. And that could be justified. I don't really know. I, I can't really say. But Oh, why, why do you disagree, Hope? If you look at any of the fine details in like any AI art, they're always off. Like from, if you look from a distance, it looks the same. But then if you look at anything specifically, and if any of those fine details are right, it means it like really copied a piece. Like it didn't draw from multiple materials. It drew from like one. So I feel like it's not the fact that it's effortless that really annoys artists. It's the fact that it's getting all these recognition and it's going to be cheaper than artists while still not actually getting like the fine details right or anything like that. Like it's going to be the cheaper solution despite stealing from their art. 
without even doing it right. Like, I feel like that's what the infuriating thing is. Stealing from the art, not properly producing it, but still going to be the cheaper alternative that they know a lot of businesses are going to turn to. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Dylan, something something that I asked Hope earlier that I think ties into, that ties into your point was I asked, I asked her, do you see technology as an actor or a tool? And it sounds like you see, it sounds like you see technology more like a tool, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's interesting. I feel like the, the idea of stealing, I think is a, is a loaded, is a loaded question. I think for a lot of folks that work in AI, um, I, I, I've done some work in the space and I think the argument some of, some of the folks would make is that if you feed a bunch of images, let's say you feed into a model um, 10,000, you know, high resolution images of a horse, right? And then you ask the model, create a picture of a horse for me, right? And if that looks similar to someone else's picture of a horse, they might claim that's stealing, right? But then you can have a similar situation with, with a human, right? Where they look through a bunch of different photo books and see a bunch of pictures of horses that are super realistic. And then they create their own picture of a horse, right? And that's super realistic. Is that still stealing if something else was made similarly before in the past? Or, or, or is this seen as different now that, you know, it's technology doing it, it's not a, it's not a human, just like, as a general question. I think that connects back to what Hope was saying about photography, right? Mm-hmm. I think, like, there was um, a few years ago, there was that legal controversy about um, the photographer owning the rights of their photos, even if the photos are of other people. I think it was of Ariana Grande specifically, right? It was she posted uh, professional fo- uh, photos of herself on her Instagram, and she got sued by the photographer because she didn't pay for like the license or rights to those photos, even though they're of her. And the photographer won in court. I'm pretty sure. And so I think the this stems from our conceptions of ownership. Like we so desperately want to have ownership over something, anything, and everything, right? Like that's what capitalism is. It's about ownership. So that that leads us to obviously, and perhaps rightfully protect what we create. Like as a creative, I definitely would feel offended and stolen from if someone like took my idea and, and like pitched it as their own. But then it gets kind of murky when you talk about like what we have, like how things look in real life, right? Like you, do you own your own image do you own how you look every second of every day and like even if you change it do you suddenly get ownership of that new look of yours i think i get your point here and, and to the point do you own your likeness well copyright is implicit um or i guess like if you're being if pictures are being taken of you in public space you obviously don't own them right but i think copyright is something that doesn't necessarily have to be explicitly stated for something for it to be owned um but a large point that I'm curious about is, you know, hope something something you were getting to was how you know with this tool becoming easier and easier to get the little details done, um, people might people might lose their jobs, right? Or like because it's done more cheaply, uh, more quickly, more efficiently. Um, as a result, because of capitalism, right? We want to lower costs, increase revenue, increase output. Therefore. Um, people will lose their jobs. I, I think one one part to that, I think one initial reaction I have is, I feel like there have been similar concerns about technological advancement in the past, right? Where um, ATMs came into play in the late 60s and people thought 
well, suddenly there's not going to be any more bank tellers, right? But then bank tellers actually exploded in terms of employment. The, the number went up for, I think, the next two, three decades. Um, or how, you know, the advent of the telephone took away jobs from telegram operators. And then the advent of more efficient um, electrical lines took away the jobs of telephone operators, you know, in, in the in the 1960s and 70s. I, I feel like a general question that I, I want to pose to both of you is, do, do you think the, do you think technology, you know, this, this newest round of technology, stuff like artificial intelligence and machine learning, do you think it's a net negative for society or do you think it's something that's a little bit more murky? I feel like this kind of connects to something I said earlier, where I feel like when it comes to creative pursuits, I would rather a human do them. And when it comes to things that could be done by automation and like doesn't really require like critical thinking or creative thinking, I would leave, like I would be fine with an AI doing that because it, in the end, in those sorts of scenarios, it doesn't really have implications if a human does it or not. But the thing with like art and storytelling and things like that um, is like, I don't necessarily trust a random like AI somewhere <laughs> just writing or producing um, the same sort of level as I, was, as I would expect a human to do. And I feel like for like telephone operators, I guess we lose the human connection but the things we gain are like privacy. <laughs> like someone's not knowing exactly who we're calling when we're calling. Like that can't be <laughs> gossiped about. But like when it comes to like AI producing art, I don't really see necessarily what the gain is for people overall, other than it being cheaper, which I don't think for art especially should be the consideration because I don't think art needs to be attached to like, oh, it's cheaper. So that's what we'll go with. I don't know, but that's just because of how I feel about art specifically versus like a telephone operator. But obviously I didn't exist when telephone operators were a thing to have that same sort of connection. I think it depends on the application, right? Because I think one of the most interesting use cases for, for generative AI that I've seen is by some companies, one of them is called Runway Machine Learning, and they're using it for video edit, right? Where um, I think Video editing is something that is deeply creative, right, at its heart. But then there's also a lot of manual stuff there where it's like, I have to, let's say, change the color of this background image, or I have to change this one object to an, into another object because I'm working on a TV show, but we don't want to show that brand, for example. And that's, you know, tens of hours of time per task that now can be completely automated with, with, with AI. But I feel like at that point, it's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like playing hairs. I think something else that, that came to mind, like, do you think there's different levels of value depending on different types of work, right? Because you mentioned work that's manual can be automated way and you're fine with that. But then work that you believe is more creative should be left to humans. Personally, I don't think there's like an inherent value in certain types of work versus others. However, I do think there's work that is perhaps more fulfilling. I mean, I'm sure everyone can be fulfilled by different things in their life, 
but like for example like working on a factory line where you're gonna eventually like you're eventually gonna get like arthritis in your hands because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again I don't think we necessarily need a human to be doing that and I don't think anyone's being fulfilled by like attaching a wheel to a bike like that's what their job has always been and like that's what gets them going I think if they were producing like the whole bike maybe they'd be a little more excited but in those sorts of jobs like I understand a lot of people's livelihoods are attached to a lot of different jobs and automation can really affect that but at the end of the day I think if we can replace those jobs with something more fulfilling or I mean, I believe that there are certain like human rights that should be like baseline fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can do that and don't need people to do these sorts of jobs that are not really contributing much because like a robot could do it, I would have those replaced over something where like you can receive fulfillment and you can receive enjoyment from the job where like you're producing something in a different way than just like attaching a wheel to a bike, like if I stick with that. Um, but obviously I don't know how that would work. And I don't I don't wanna say like some jobs have more value than others, I don't believe that. But there are definitely jobs that I think people, if given the opportunity would probably try to leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think in those instances, we could probably switch over who do- does those sorts of jobs. I want to push back on what Hope said earlier. And I feel like y- your opinions are probably the majority. So I'm in the minority, if anything. But like, I was thinking about your point about um, artists, like going back a little bit. I watched a Vox video about these. If you go into basically any European town, like right now, today, and you you can find in the touristy spots um artists replica artists who will draw you famous artworks detail for detail all nearly perfectly and like even the top art analyzers who like try and view fakes from real ones they cannot figure it out without the use of technology like you have to use an ai that's trained to find microscopic differences in the brushstrokes in order to tell the real one apart from the fake one. And I feel like, I I don't know if that changes how you view the role of AI doing something similar where they, maybe they're not, um, okay, well now now I've (laughs) I've tricked myself (laughs) into a different train of thought about NFTs and just copying things. Like if you take, a digital image and you take a screenshot of it that's basically copying the same thing the original like exactly identically right i've lost my train of thought <laughs> i think yeah i think nfts are definitely a little bit different okay okay but sorry sorry going to going to the second point i also question how we view like going to casey your prompt about like how we value different work like uh different occupations and how i feel like society tends to view creative endeavors as more inherently valuable in some way compared to Mm -hmm. more mechanical things and i wonder if we just are pushing it back against ai because we don't trust in their results just yet And this, like, Hope specifically said the word trust, which made me think about this. It's that, like, 
there's a lot of the backlash towards the art AI right now is that, oh, it's not exactly perfect, right? Oh, look, look, there's this tiny mistake and there's this tiny mistake and this blah, blah, blah. But in a year, there, those mistakes aren't going to exist anymore, right? Like the AI is going to learn from itself, just like all previous AIs have, just like the chess AI has, just like, um, I don't know what other AIs are there. But that's, that's the interesting part, Dylan. I, I, I don't think it's going to be that easy because we haven't reached the state uh, with our capabilities where AI is able to identify its own biases and correct them. That's all manually yeah. done. Um, yeah, by, and pe by people. I think people yeah. are going to do that, right? Like yeah. they're, you, I don't think the people who behind AIs, um, maybe you included Casey, are going to just take this lying down and be like, oh, all of the internet is reacting poorly and pointing out all these mistakes. Okay, well, then the next step is that I'm going to make it better so that they don't even realize. For me, when you talked about um, trust specifically, it's not that I don't trust because it's making those mistakes. I The thing with an artist is it's a single artist or maybe like if they collaborate on a piece, like you can see the list of names of the artists and you can kind of find out what those person's biases are. But when it comes to an AI application, you don't know who was behind the programming or what images it was necessarily fed in the same way. Like the, the biases are more hidden, even though they're still there. Like obviously everything that's ever created has been created with a certain bias, but it's more transparent when it's a person making the piece versus artificial intelligence. But then that makes me want to ask you if you think we should separate the art from the artist. And if we should not separate, like if they have to be tied together because of these biases, then is it also like the net logical next step that we also have to punish all of the artists who made great works and we have to stop listening to those great works. Like we have to just get rid of them, you know, like Sorry, what's your question? Do you think that we should tie art to the artist? I think it's impossible not to. Well, yeah. And then, so then the next question is, Whenever an artist has made a mistake, like human error or or worse things, does that mean we have to cancel and like remove all traces of their art from society? No, it's just you have to view that art knowing the biases, but that's much harder to do when you're viewing AI art where you don't know the biases. Like how, is it, how is it harder to view the, the biases in, in AI art? Because I feel like they're, I think for the most part, you don't really know, for me personally, I don't know who created the art or like what images it was fed. And I don't think the majority of people would have necessarily like the literacy to interpret the image and try and understand. Like, I think this is more of a problem. I haven't seen it as much in AI art. But I've heard stories for a lot of other programming where it's like, oh, the hand sanitizer doesn't work if you're not white or like the different things like that. Or like every time an image is posted on um, if you generate an image, I think it was they could they would change like the face of a black person to like a white person when they tried to make it like an anime face or like an Asian person when they tried to make it an anime face every time. And so like those sorts of things aren't necessarily intentional, but they do still bias the algorithm in a way that is it's harder to necessarily see until it affects someone specifically. 
like I feel like that's what's more difficult about it I don't but know isn't that the same as normal art then where you see the you see the bias in the output yes but the thing is like it's easier to recognize if it's like a single person doing it it's harder to like change or reconcile if like there's this huge movement for artificial intelligence and it's not just like one group doing it like one person or one company or like one organization and so then like it's going to be very difficult to see like what is causing these biases and like to try and counter them and I know a lot of these are going to have to happen like internally in whoever's creating the artificial intelligence but I don't necessarily trust a corporation to correctly handle like its own biases until it's already starting to affect people whereas in like specifically for like an artist there can be backlash to that one single person and maybe people stop supporting them or like something happens but that's a lot harder to do with an entity creating art that is like separate like I don't know if I'm making sense (laughs) I think I, I agree with your point but I feel like the point is not relevant to ai anymore because it it's not like your point isn't an attack against ai it's a it's now an attack against humans and how we've structured (laughs) capitalism and corporations like it's not the ai's fault that it does what it does or that it has these biases right like it's always a human behind the scene and i you obviously recognize that yeah and but so then like we should be holding the people behind it accountable Right. Yeah, but that's why but I that's... said this was relating to the trust point where I trust AI less because I don't but, know the same. I don't have the transparency. That, to but that's data. that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it's nothing to do with the trusting the AI. Your problem is that you don't trust humans to use the AI in decent, morally good ways. But it's, so your problem, the again, creating... is not like it's like it's like you're it, I think us a, pl- a plausible equivalent or analogy would be like if you give weapons to someone it's not that you don't trust the weapons it's that you don't trust the people you're giving the weapons to do to to use them in a safe or responsible way that's like and I, this goes back to like what, what casey asked that i tend to i'm viewing ai as a tool here right like i'm viewing weapons as a tool i'm viewing technology as a tool but i think for me I think there should also be more restrictions on things like weapons. And so I guess my what I should go for is like, I think there should be more restrictions on artificial intelligence. So there's accountability like outside of the internal accountability of those sorts of organizations, I guess is what I should go for. Yeah. Uh, on that point, Hope, do you think, do you think, um, n- not speaking in the normative sense, but like more realistically, what's your opinion on AI then? Do you think it's something that will do you think these challenges around bias, around lack of um, oversight, do you think these are surmountable or insurmountable? That's a hard question to answer, just because I don't think bias can ever be eliminated just in any sense, like of any person or any product or like... Right, maybe a better, better way to word it is, do you believe that organizations will take responsible steps towards addressing it? From my own viewpoint, not unless they're forced to... But that is just how I view things. Like, that's a, that's a very, like, my opinion sort of thing. I hold the same opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fair. It's totally fair. I think, I think I'm of the, 
I'm of the same mind as well. Um, and then just as an, just as like a, like an, like an aside before we move on, I, I think it's interesting hope to, that you, that your perspective is that we should, you know, free up time for people to do things that are more fulfilling. And I think the the natural state that you got to there was was more creative stuff. Yeah, I, I I think I agree there, but I think it's just funny um, putting that into the greater like perspective of, of history. I think in the past it was like um like 1500s, 1600s, like Asian culture, like in Japan. I remember like learning about how um, artists and merchants are like at the bottom of the social hierarchy. Mm. It's like at the top you have the emperor, right? Who is the embodiment of like the sun god or whatever. And below that you have like your like your daimyos and you have your your shoguns, your your samurai, and you have your peasants, right? Your farmers. And then below that, you got your artists. They hate them. And below that, the lowest of the low, the <laughs> the scum of the of their society for merchants. Yeah. Um, well, the reasoning yeah, just, was because merchants and artisans bet like profit off of other people's yeah, labor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought, I thought that was funny. I mean, it's ironic, right? That they're the lowest because they prop other off of other people's labor, but then at the same time, it's a feudal state. Um, but then I think the conversation that we've had so far has been around the idea of, you know, AI technology as a tool rather than an actor but as we move into the future i think there's a there's a non-zero chance right where um maybe general artificial intelligence is discovered then right like we we crack the code um and people don't put any limiters or, or things like that on it do you think in a future where do you think in a future where artificial intelligence is an actor right a rational sentient actor of its own do you think that's going to be I guess, do you think that will act as like an inflection point towards like utopia for humans or dystopia? Question to both of you. My hope would be utopia, but I doubt it. <laughs> Just like if we remain in the sort of political, social, economic systems, especially like in the US, actually, no, basically anywhere that we have. Um, I don't think it would be a utopia, <laughs> but that, like, it could be used for that sort of purpose. Like, I think there's definitely the potential for it to be used to make lives better, but I don't know if it will be. I think it's not a question about whether it'll turn society into a utopia or dystopia. It's a question of, will humans destroy ourselves before we, like, improve like, will we wipe out the human race or will we manage to survive our own destruction? Like, I think, I, I, without a doubt, I think that bad, both bad things and good things will come of this. And overall, in the long term, I feel like our lives will be on the whole better for it. And I think that's been true for our technological advancement, like throughout our short history on Earth. But... Like at some point, our technology is going to be so destructive that we're going to make a tiny mistake and it's going to wipe everyone out. And I think that's where it—that's where it's going to end. It's just a question of wh when that's going to happen. If it's going to be AI or if it's going to be the thing that comes after that. I see. Okay. Then final question. I think I have a feeling of both of your answers already. But are you optimistic about the future? No. <laughs> yes, I'm optimistic. <laughs> 
I think I'm optimistic too. Cautiously, cautiously. <laughs> awesome. Well, in terms of the outro, Dylan, what do you think we were talking about? What do you think was the topic? I think the topic was on AI and it, if it's good thing or bad thing. Yeah, I think I think you definitely got a part of it there. I think the the fundamental question that I had for this was what is the cost of technological progress? Um, and then obviously AI is top of mind, so we spent time talking about that. So you're on point. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do I need to thank any sponsors on the way out? No. No. <laughs> you can beg beg for sponsors on our behalf. <laughs> thank you all the sponsors and um, yeah, I guess. Tune in next time where we'll talk about more things without context. (laughs) I'm just going to physically walk away from my... (laughs) I'm going to go AFK. I'm literally going AFK. (laughs) Okay, so honor code. No, no, you're going to just like be lurking right next to the computer not saying anything. No, no. And you're just going to completely like pretend that you're... (laughs) Trust, trust, trust. All right, okay. I'm putting I'm go walking away now. Wait, not okay. See, are you gone? <laughs>